0: this is near dark, radio.
1: Near, dark radio. near dark radio near dark radio near dark
0: radio near dark radio near dark radio ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show i am obviously your host john gower and i'm joined today by historian rick gregory rick is here to discuss his forthcoming book A little historical glimpse at the Bell Witch story, which is a, I was about to say a little local folklore, but uh, as we'll get into, it's become a worldwide phenomenon. A few things up top, I want to remind you all to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on, and if you'd like... To hear our bonus episode, which will be broadcast from the Tennessee Renaissance Festival at the end of the month, you're going to have to become a subscriber on Patreon. If you're too old to know how to do that, ignore this portion of the show. If you're not, go to patreon.com slash neardarkradio and give us $3 a month. It's easy. It's, fr- it's not free. I was about to say it was free. It's not free. <laughs> Nothing's free. But if you want to hear the bonus episodes, which come out every week, in addition to the free episodes, you'll need to do that. And without any further ado, Rick, welcome to the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm good and happy to be here with you. You got me out of bed pretty early for a musician, (laughs) but I'm here for it. Um, You've got a very interesting book coming out soon that discusses the the story of the bell witch in a very different way yes. than has been done in the past before we get to the way i well you have very little interest in the actual story of the bell witch
1: it's been told so many times before i don't need to retell it yeah
0: i feel like for my audience i'm going to give a brief brief retelling of it just to annoy you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and to familiarize those who aren't familiar uh the bellwitch story begins in 1817 somewhere around there the an early settler of Robertson county um the red river community named john bell he and his family were tormented by a spirit Specifically, he and his daughter, Betsy. Um, The spirit manifested itself first as strange, otherworldly animals. And then started making noises around their house. And then started slapping and pulling his daughter's hair. And... It would also do these strangely benevolent things, like it would bring fruit to uh, his wife when she was sick. It was very fond of his wife. Uh, it would wax eloquently about on scripture and quote the Bible, uh, and the story ends with the spirit allegedly poisoning John Bell, and after that it disappeared and then came back a few times in later years that's about it. Um, your book or your interest in this story begins with MV Ingram's book about this story and your interest is more about how this story took hold and yeah, explain why this, what, what interested you about this story and what you wanted to unpack about it with this book.
1: I was born and raised in Robertson County, and it's like breathing to know the Bell Witch story. And so you know the Bell Witch story, and part of what you have to do if you're a young man, remember, I'm 70, so we're talking about the last millennium. Yeah. What you had to do, you had to spend the night in the Bell Witch cave. Uh Uh-huh. You had to do that to prove that you were a male. Yeah, you did. And so you grow up with a Bell Witch story. And as I got older and I decided I wanted to be a historian, go to college, learn how to be a historian, it also meant you got to (laughs) think. You don't just have to believe what people tell you. You need to think about it.
0: Maybe in your day. In my day. Our historians are much less concerned with that.
1: But, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) And so— I got to thinking about the Bell Witch story, and and maybe I could do something with it, especially with COVID. uh, My work disappeared. I travel all all around the United States and Canada working. Well, with COVID, that disappeared, so I don't want to just sit down and watch television. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I'm going to start writing some things. I wrote uh, uh, The Bicentennial History of Springfield Mm -hmm. with Yolanda Reed. And then when that was finished, I thought... I'm going to turn my attention to the bell, Witch, and I'm not going to retell this story. That's been told literally thousands of times in newspaper articles, books, movies. And so I decided I was going to focus on the bookends of that story on one end. Why, what do people believe that they can't prove and mm. why do people believe what they can't prove? And on the other end, How did this story coming out of a little place called Red River, and by the way, if you watch a movie or you read a book and they say this happened in Adams, Tennessee, there was no Adams, Tennessee, it was Red River. Yeah. The Red River area becomes Adams, Tennessee when the railroads come 1850s, 1860s. So it's the Red River community. How did this story, from a little place that most people don't even know exists, How did this story become worldwide, become the maybe the most famous supernatural story in human history?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another comparable ghost story. You know, you have what? The Amityville Horror or I'm I'm drawing a blank. I don't. Yeah. Well, let's get that first question. Let's dig into that. Why do people believe things they can't prove? I believe How did you come at this question? Yeah,
1: sorry. I believe that we humans believe what we decide we want to be true doesn't necessarily have to be based in fact. For whatever reason, if I want something to be true, it's true. Yep. And if you're raised in Robertson County and you heard the Bell Witch story from the time you could could hear and speak, mm-hmm. then that became truth. And then other people, as this story grew out of the county, uh, we humans, many of us believe in supernatural events, so it's true because I decided I wanted to be true. Yeah. And. There's all sorts of things that we humans believe, not just in the supernatural. I would suggest as an American historian, a good minority of everything you learned when you were in high school just was not true. Uh It just wasn't true. Uh, George Washington could tell a lie. George sure. George Washington did not chop down the cherry tree. Do we even have cherry down. trees? <laughs> well, we got a few, but he was in Virginia.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: but but yep, but he, he he that story's not true. It was made up by Parson Weems back in the oh, early decades of the 1800s. But since he wrote it, and since we want to believe that George Washington, the first president and one of the founders of the country, well, if it has to be true. Has and to be an honest man. He has to be, mm-hmm. and he, by the way, uh, uh, did not throw a silver dollar across the Delaware River. Although that's right there in your history. I books. never
0: heard that one. But he, I think, I think the critical the critical theorists had pulled picked <laughs> that out of the history <laughs> books by the time I went to school. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's well, there's a lot of public intellectuals and philosophers who they, they suggest that narrative and mythology and meaning essentially are far more important to human beings than truth or facts. And
1: I agree with that.
0: Yeah. And there are, there are people who disagree with them and I don't, I, I find those people to be a little bit out of touch that they think, you know, science is far more powerful than religion. And I, I don't know if maybe they haven't studied history, but that's clearly not the case
1: that I agree. That is not the case. And I don't think we can understand this story, but human beings in general without grasping the power of gossip, the power of folklore, the power of, what we decide we want to be true Mm -hmm. and that is the basis of much of our belief systems and by the way in the book i stay away from religion because that'll get me in trouble smart and so i stay away from religion so i'm not questioning uh anyone's religious beliefs i'm questioning why do people believe in the bell witch Yeah. Why do you believe
0: in... Well, by doing that, you're questioning the religious beliefs of Robertson County, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That might well be true. And I'm questioning all sorts of things, and I write about these in the books. Things like um, uh, the Little Green Men of Kelly, Kentucky. Some (laughs) of you, the, the folks that are listening, if you're... Uh, Over about 50, you probably have heard the story. Little green men landed in Kelly, Kentucky, about 10 miles north of Hopkinsville, and this family fought them off, and they went to Hopkinsville, and the police got involved. Now, what I'm saying is is true, not that it actually (laughs) happened, but people came to Hopkinsville, and they reported to the police. Fort Campbell got involved. And, and saying that, oh, something, uh, some UFO creatures landed in Kelly, Kentucky. Really? I know people. And this allegedly
0: say, occurred in when? Like in the
1: 50s? 1950s. Okay, okay, yes. okay. 1950s. That was when the craze over the UFOs. Yeah. And really I don't know off. anybody who says they saw, but I know somebody who knew somebody. I know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who saw the little green men. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes here in Robertson County.
0: I mean everybody knows somebody who knows somebody that's been affected by and it's the,
1: true. Kate bats the bell witch. Yes. And since I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Because they said so. Yeah. Here in Robertson County, uh in the 1960s, uh we had the red the these um not Red River. Cars Critter. Creek. Cars, Critter. Creek. Critter. Mm-hmm. The, this is
0: like a Bigfoot-type oh, entity. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. A, a mixture of different animals put together, like Bigfoot, and he roamed through Robertson County. And this was covered in the Robertson County newspapers. <laughs> And uh, actually, the police department put a helicopter up to see if they could find no. this critter. Yes. Oh, no. And it lasted for about uh, a month and a half or so in the newspapers, and then it was gone. But people still remember, and it yeah. was oh, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, saw, I know something. This is not Rick yeah. saying People will say, I know somebody who saw sure. the critter. Sure,
0: sure. There's a beer at the brewery down the street named after
1: the Cars Creek critter.
0: And I believe there's a big effigy of the Cars Creek Critter on the wall as well.
1: So yeah, yeah. Well, I need to go in there and and see that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Well, you mentioned gossip, and that's interesting because you would you you imagine these stories such as the Bell Witch, which is essentially a family drama that you know even the the very first publication. Well, maybe not the first publication, but the first... The Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. The chapter written by one of the sons of John Bell is called Our Family Troubles. Yes. And so you get this... Especially with the Bell Witch, you get this impression that it's this family drama that spills out into the community and then spills out further into, well, eventually a worldwide phenomenon. And... How how do you think it gets past the community? Because you can imagine this little you know early settlement here in Robertson County. They're superstitious. Uh, you mentioned on the phone the other day that this happened during the uh, great Second Great Awakening. Yes, which was a big religious, uh, romantic, cultural revolution that happened here and in Europe too. Um, So, you know, the people were very superstitious, very quick to accept supernatural phenomena. Um, How do you think that gets past the local community that doesn't really have a connection to the story?
1: Good question. Thank you. Let's start with gossip. Mm -hmm. By definition, gossip is... Talking about somebody who's not present when you're talking about them doesn't necessarily have to be bad We tend to think gossip was you're saying something really bad about somebody just if you're speaking about somebody they're not there That's gossip. Yeah, and think about a time when people are most are uneducated A time there's no television. There's no radio none of the ways that we communicate now you communicate it by speaking with each other. Mm. And if something's going on at the bell house, it gets out and people start gossiping about it. Yeah. And then they start putting their own uh, definitions on what's happening at the bell house. And then we do have to work religion in here that uh, the same time that the bell witch story is taking place, 1817, 1920, is also part of the second great revival period, mm-hmm. the, the second great awakening. And this was a, a, a renewal of, of fervor for uh, fundamentalist religion. Mm-hmm. And the part of that was belief in, in supernatural events are taking place around us. And think about... And the rejection of the Enlightenment it was a counter
0: enlightenment movement
1: yes and a resurgence of a very emotional yeah 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 very emotional religion and there are people watching what's going on at these at these meetings uh, church meetings during the second great revival and Robertson county was part of the where a lot of these things were going on over into Kentucky, other areas of the United States involved as well. But one of the core areas is Central Tennessee, Central Kentucky, Robertson Counties, right there. Yeah, yeah. and as <clears throat> these. They called them camp meetings quite often. It'd be outside the Arbor meetings, but then there would also be church meetings, and preachers would preach, and people would go into the jerks that fall on the floor, and they would jerk, they'd foam at the mouth, they would speak in tongues, all sorts of things going on that some people were saying. Sounds like Congress. In in your lifetime, I can remember when that wasn't true, (laughs) (laughs) but it sounds like Congress now. Yes, and so some people are watching what's going on, and they're saying, this is good. This is the Holy Ghost. This is this is wonderful. But then you've got other people saying, no, this isn't God demons. involved. This is demons. Yeah. This is the devil doing this. Yeah. So in the same meetings, you've got people watching, saying it's completely opposite things. So it's very easy then to transpose that belief that the devil is is involved on earth right now right here to the devil's involved something supernatural something bad is involved in whatever's going on at the bell house mm-hmm. and remember people are gossiping yeah. with each yeah. other
0: A little game of telephone there yeah and you know there's i, I came to this idea, which I thought was original, apparently it's not, that there was some for, sort of abuse going on between, if you, if you just take a very enlightenment, no supernatural explanation allowed view of the story, you see that the father and the daughter are affected. And so when I looked at it, I was thinking, well, is there some sort of Abuse going on here. Is there some sort of um, so, you know psychological disorder that he has that he's passed on to his daughter? Some sort of schizophrenia or epilepsy. You know, she's just convulsing, and people describe that as oh, she's you know foaming at the mouth. She's possessed by a demon, or but um, but yeah, that that's something that a religious community would not necessarily think when they saw this family trouble going on. Do you have any, do you come down? Da- have you, uh, do you try to think through that at all? The, or The
1: father daughter? Yeah. Piece. Or the,
0: um, yeah. Or just, you know, the naturalistic explanation of this story
1: because of the, Movie with Donald Sutherland and Sissy Spacek. What was the name of that movie? It's a an American at, Haunting. An American Haunting. It's a real piece of work, and and it was based on a book as well. But that concept that something sexual uh-huh. was going on between John Bell and his daughter, and that idea came from a Eastern European. Uh, psychoanalyst who had never been here. Uh his name is Nador Fordor. He'd never oh, been wow. here and he but he was a psychoanalyst yeah, and course, so he yeah. uh heard about the story and he said well this sounds like incest to me. Mm-hmm. And so he started writing books where he would Include that that concept about the Bell Witch and incest, so that's where that idea comes from. No scientific basis of it at all. Sure. No.
0: Yeah. Well, there there couldn't be any obviously because you yeah. can't. There's nobody. There's no witnesses. There's no. You can't
1: do any tests. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really. Yeah. And you, that that became that it became after, Fodor. That became a. Major thought process through the Bell Witch story. Okay. One that I reject. There's nothing there to prove that story, but sure, it, it sure. makes a good movie.
0: It it well, it could make a
1: good movie. <laughs> it makes a movie that people will watch.
0: Correct. Yes. Uh, it yeah. was. Uh, if anyone is tempted to go out and rent an American Haunting on Amazon right now, stop. Put down your credit card. Sit back, watch something else. Watch, watch the other Sissy Spacek movie. Oh, well, you just mentioned it. Carrie, Carrie. That's a good. That's a good psychological horror
1: film. Coal Miner's Daughter. Coal Miner's Daughter. If you want to see Sissy Spacek,
0: yeah, you want to see Sissy Spacek. You want to see Donald Sutherland? Go watch Mash, yes. the movie, not not the TV show. Yeah. Um. So what? You you obviously, you get into this a lot in the book. You've done a lot of reading on this. What, if you would kind of walk us briefly through some of the steps that the story makes. Like, for example, this psychologist or this psychoanalyst. That's one avenue through which this story gets out into the wider public. Obviously, the the psychoanalytic world is now reading about the Bell Witch. Yes. Uh, When he's writing about it, Um, what are some other avenues by which this story gets out before
1: you start seeing this slew of horrible films made about it? And we've got to remember that, first of all, we started with storytelling and gossip and people started talking about this, but people didn't just stay in Robertson County. Uh, People left Robertson County, went to West Tennessee, they went to Mississippi, they went to Alabama, they went to Texas. Uh, My pattern uh, shows that my people left Robertson County and, and went through the South all the way down to Texas. So if my pattern is that, then that's the pattern of a whole lot of other people as well, and they take the story with them. Yeah, sure. They take the story with them. And then there are places where they claim that this is their story. For example, um, uh, the Bells came from North Carolina. So there's a whole Bell Witch storytelling. North Carolina claiming that it happened here. uh, Those sons of bitches (laughs)
0: trying to take our story. Take our story. This is one of the few things that makes this place famous.
1: we're anyway. fam- we're famous for three things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is Robertson County. We're famous. Well, actually, four things. Whiskey, which at the the turn of the century and when alcohol became illegal, I kind of did away with whiskey in Robertson sure. County. Tobacco, mm-hmm. the Bell Witch, mm-hmm. and the Night Riders. Yeah. One heck of a... Of a, a core information coming <laughs> out of One County.
0: It's a fun it's a fun little place. Yes. Um but yeah, so yeah, you have these people
1: claiming it is theirs. Uh, uh, some of the Bells and some of the other folks that were family names that you would know from the Bell Witch story moved to Mississippi. Okay. So there's a large group of Bell Witch stories from Mississippi and, okay. and, and with a claim that this story took place there. So the story travels, and it becomes the story from the, wherever these people went. Well, it, it, it all happened here. Yeah, yeah. It didn't. It started in Robertson County. But people, st- people took this story with them, and they told other people. And newspapers picked this story up. And as newspapers picked it up, uh, and especially when we get to an age where uh, you, you newspapers would borrow stories from each other. Yeah. you could borrow a story and you could print it as long as you would give credit to wherever you got the story sure sure so newspapers started sharing stories with each other and and ghost we stories ghost and we, that's a good point ghost stories because you can't grasp the the how this story grew without understanding that we got a holiday built around these things Halloween yeah yeah. And so there is not a better Halloween ghost story than The Bell Witch. No. And so what we saw in newspapers, especially once we get uh, into the late 1800s, into the 1900s, is that there would be dozens and dozens of newspapers in the United States and Canada reproducing The Bell Witch story. Yeah. Because it is the perfect Halloween story. Yeah.
0: Now, I want our listeners to understand that newspapers have not always been the bastions of absolute truth that they are now.
1: They are They now? used to,
0: they used to write they are ghost now. stories.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe the sarcasm didn't come off there, but, but yeah. Um, yes. So you got, you got these newspaper articles. I've, I've read a couple of these. The, I, I was researching this a while back in the, um, there's There was like a, a, a news, an article about a house over here uh, in the historic district that in the early 1900s, maybe, there was some knocking going on. There were yes. some sounds. Yes. And there was a whole a investigation. There were yes. crowds of people surrounding this house. And it was purported that it had something to do with the Bell Witch simply because that's the only other supernatural uh, well the only big supernatural event around here
1: and it turned out that most likely the woman uh, who lived in that house had tied some uh steel balls to a long piece of rubber and she could bounce her foot and make the knocking happen that's most likely <laughs> what happened but the most important one to Ingenious. grasp genius how this story was believed You get into the 1840s, 1850s right now, I don't remember which decade, but two men in Robertson County kill a third man. Mm Oh, yes. 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 And their excuse when they're brought to trial, their excuse is that the Bill Witch had possessed him (laughs) and that they had to kill him. Because the bell witch had possessed him and 12 men. Of course, this is before women could sit on juries. Uh-huh. 12 men in Robertson County found them innocent because the bell witch had <laughs> possessed the man that they killed. This is our county. Yeah. Now,
0: there, there again, do you think that the men on the jury actually believed them? Or do you think they knew them? Or they knew somebody in their family; they were friends with, you know, Edgar, who was so and so's brother-in-law, and they just decided, you know, we'll we'll stick up
1: for these boys. They're good boys. Yeah. And and the third guy was not a local person, so uh, that that would support uh, that point of view. And I think that in that time period, the middle part of the 1800s, belief in the Bell Witch was. Almost universal.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: And so it was perfectly reasonable that the Bill Witch could be still involved in things going on in Robertson County.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, there's, we get into the 20th century. You mentioned this to me. I had never heard of this. Um, Harry Houdini is on stage. He's apparently heard of the Bell Witch story and he gets up and starts trying to debunk this story, which, you know, whether or not he was successful, he was by doing so spreading the story.
1: Yes. It's 1920s. He's on the stage of the Ryman and he is debunking a lot of things, but since he's in Nashville, for us, the most important thing he was debunking was the, the Bill Witch story. Now, Harry Houdini was saying, I'm the real thing. I can, yeah. I can do all sure. these things. Yeah. But all these things that you believe, that's not true. And the, the book won't come to my mind right now, but there's a novel where a, uh, uh, written by a woman where she has Harry Houdini. And who wrote the uh, Conan Doyle? Uh-huh. Wrote the Sherlock Holmes books in yeah. a third person. And they are debating the Bill Witch story. No. Yep. They're debating the Bill Witch story. If it's true and if it's not true, what happened? Yeah. Uh Michaels. The author's name last name was Michaels. Okay. Stay young, folks. You stay young, you remember everything. <laughs> but Michaels did come to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you have that, you have um the the you mentioned the Bell Witch Cantata, which was written by a a
1: local composer. Uh, at t- was it Tennessee Tech? He t- he went to undergraduate school at Tennessee Tech. He's from McMinnville. Uh huh. And his name was and it'll come to me maybe Charles later. Faulkner Bryan. Charles Faulkner Bryan, thank you. He was a yes. student
0: of Paul Hindemith. Yes, which is a big that's a big guy.
1: Yes, he um, he let, went to Tennessee Tech, but then he went to uh, other places as well, got a Guggenheim, and he wrote the Bell Witch Cantata uh-huh. while he was on the, the Guggenheim Scholarship. And by the way, he does not set the story in Robertson County. He sets the story in uh, North Carolina. And in So the,
0: he's part of the problem.
1: He's part of the problem, mm-hmm. and... A a piece that has a a lot of folks heard the Bell Witch Cantata at uh, wherever it was that it came out. Yeah. um, Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. Yeah. So a lot of folks heard it at Carnegie Hall, but the Bell Witch story also appeared in Playboy magazine. And Ooh. a whole lot more people read about it in Playboy magazine. Obviously. <laughs> than, <laughs> and heard it at Carnegie Hall. What, what and, was, the, was the Playboy article? Um, 1969. It's okay. funny how I can remember that. <laughs> but 1969. I and mean, it was a big year. 1968. I'm sorry. Okay. 1960, but it was a big year. And he sets it in North Carolina. And again, instead of Tennessee. Yeah, these
0: insufferable people, but yeah. So they is 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 it just
1: a retelling of the the Bell Witch story in that? Well, the North Car- the North Carolina version has, and and this was true with the cantata. Mm-hmm. The North Carolina version has John Bell kill an overseer in North Carolina before they come to Tennessee, and somehow or another, the the witch does not like it, and she starts. Um, haunting John bell with the idea that she will kill him eventually. But now in the cantata, it's Betsy. Although the, the, I think the girl's name there wasn't Betsy. It was Nancy, but kills the daughter, not John bell. So she does oh. that to drive John bell crazy. Oh, now, Ooh, that's dark. That's dark. That's dark. But we are talking about the bell, Witch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's,
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's dark territory. Um, there's. It, are there any other major surfacings of this story or in the national narrative or the national zeitgeist? Yeah. Before the yeah. before this series of films and.
1: Let's turn to music. Oh yes. Yes. Turn to music. Um, that's how. That's one of the reasons that I decided I was going to spend some of my life uh, writing a book on the Bell Witch and, and why people believe, but also how did it spread. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways it spread overseas was through music. And I, this came home to me because my wife and I were on the Gulf Coast uh, three or four years ago. And I'm walking down the beach and a couple's coming toward me. It's hard to believe I would actually stop and talk with folks since I love to talk. Of course, I'm going to stop and talk to them. And I can tell by listening to them that they're probably from one of the Nordic countries. And they, they were. And so they were from Sweden. And uh, the man told me that he was in had been an engineer and retired from Volvo, big Swedish company, yeah, yeah. had never been in the United States before. This was their very first trip. They'd been there two days when they met me. And I said, well, I've done some. I bet
0: they spoke perfect English, though.
1: And it was, it's, it's a wonderful way to hear the, the English language. Yeah. It's beautiful. And so uh, I said, well, I've done some contract work up in Pennsylvania with, with Volvo. And so the man said, well, then then you're from Pennsylvania. And I said, no, I'm from this little town called Adams in Tennessee. They talk with each other in Swedish. The woman looked at me and smiled, and she said, Bell Witch. (laughs) And I said, how in the world, from Sweden, and not been in the United States before two days ago, do you know the Bell Witch? And they said the, uh, the Merciful Fate was the best-known doom metal group in the Nordic countries. Doom metal. Doom metal. Good Lord. And that they had a song called Bell Witch. And they said, and then there's this uh, g- uh, group called Bell Witch in Seattle, Doom Metal. <laughs> and, and they had written several songs about the Bell Witch. And how, that,
0: how old were these people?
1: My age. Old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Swedes need to get it together. Yeah. That's, if, if you're what? How, I, I don't mean to ask an impertinent question, but how old are you?
1: I am 70 and proud to still be alive.
0: 70 years old. If you're 70 years old and listening to doom metal, you, need, you got some things you need to fix in your life.
1: Or that they could just be cool. Have you have you listened to this stuff? <laughs> no, okay. no. All right, no. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm still with uh, Hank Williams. Yeah, oh, that's see, that's nice. John Prine. John Prine. John Prine is my favorite. He's the best. He is the best in that Americana. And I genre. miss that I never got to go. I, I heard John Prine with other people, but I never got to go to a John Prine concert. I'll do it one of these days. And COVID took care of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We lost a good one. Yes. Um, yeah. And I've got a friend, uh, Skylar Gregg. I'll, I'll see if uh, she'll allow me to play the song that she wrote about the Bell Witch on the end of this episode. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it, it works well for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different formats. Yes. Um, there's a lot of spinoff. If, is that what you call some of the books that yes. came out in the 80s and 90s? There's, I mean, I remember having several books that told stories that were honestly completely unrelated to the original Bell Witch story, but they were different supernatural events happening around Adams and Port Royal and... They were great ghost stories, I, well, for a, for a 12-year-old. Sure. They were great ghost stories, but they were just, you know, something somebody had made up in the, to, to sell a buck, to make a buck.
1: Well, let me, let me pursue that for a moment. Let me say this about music. Before I returned to making a book, because you put your finger on a very important point, and a lot of books have been made by the Bell Witch story, (laughs) but music is one of the ways this story that started in Red River became worldwide. Yeah. And movies, which we already talked about. The story became known around the world because of movies, music, and television shows. Ooh, television shows, but back to making money and we'll, uh-huh. go to, we'll go to, or to TV in a moment. Ingram. Yes. 1894. You cannot understand how the bell, Witch story survived and grew without understanding Ingram.
0: Uh, for those who aren't familiar, Ingram is the author of the so-called little red book. That is the definitive, the first definitive account, authenticated account of the Bellwitch story. So
1: Yes. And now this is my take on Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had been born around Guthrie, Kentucky, and, Kentucky mm-hmm. and he wrote the book in 1894. So it means much of his life, he probably lived with people who some had heard the Bellwitch story much closer to the time it would have happened. Sure. He was uh, the editor of a newspaper in Springfield. Okay. And then he goes to Clarksville and becomes one of the founders of the Clarksville Leaf Chronicle. Well, back then it was the tobacco leaf. And my take on Ingram is that he realized that with the Bell Witch story, he had a moneymaker for himself. Uh Uh-huh. And he wrote the book. And he put everything in it that you need to put into a ghost story to make it sell. Uh, one of the, the books I read later said there's seven things you need to put into a, a book. And she wrote this in the, in the, in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Ingram did it in 1894, well before yeah, yeah, yeah. this. And so oh, you got to Bell Witch Cave. So one of the things for a good you got to have a, a physical setting. Yeah. For, you got the Bell Witch Cave. You've got to have somebody famous to really make the story go. And, of course, the famous is— Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. He comes to Adams because you know some of the Bells had fought at, at the Battle of New Orleans and uh-huh. probably New Jackson. And so he comes to visit uh, the the Bells, and the witch stops his carriage, and there's some conversation with the witch. And he says something like, oh, I'd rather fight the British again twice than have to ever face the Bell Witch. It ain't true. Jackson never, but it's a wonderful story. Yeah. And you put those kind of things in the story and then you add, by the way, that a lot of this is based on the evidence of of family members and one of them who wrote a book which has never uh, been read by anybody else, by the way. Yeah. But nobody who could prove that that book was actually true.
0: Yeah. And you're talking about the it's a chapter in ingram's book yes called our family troubles which is it apparently not proven that was it was written by the son of john bell no because that's the one first hand account quote unquote first hand account that we yes. have so you're saying that was funged
1: yeah my my gut feeling is Ingram hit all those things you need to do. And wh- one uh-huh. of the others is you got to have somebody who was there, somebody who, yeah. who knows. And so he put all those things in the book, and it worked. That book, 1894, and you call it the Red Book, that's right, what we've called it for decades now, and that book, you can still buy it. So a book yeah. that's well over 100 years old. We had American it right story.
0: over here at the Historic Society. Yeah,
1: right here. The museum,
0: one so, of I'm talking
1: about, yeah. And it made, I suspect it made Ingram money, yeah. and he, it was a good move for the Robert, for Robertson County. You know, I'm part of community spirit, and we put a Bell Witch play on every year, yeah. And it's based in general on what Ingram, yeah, said. Yeah,
0: that is uh, a play. It's a musical. It's not a musical.
1: The we also do a play on the Night Riders. That's the musical. And it's a it's a musical. Yeah. Both plays written by David Alford from Adams. Yeah. And who's had a, a very successful career on Broadway and 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 movies. Yeah, he's done some plays. movies. He has. I
0: watched uh Oh, I'm not gonna be able to think of the movie. It had Nicole Kidman in it. And he was there was a shot of a funeral. Where Nicole Kidman's husband had died, and I was looking at the priest that was speaking at the funeral. I was like, hey, "This, this fella looks. Well, how do I? Oh shit! That's David Alford."
1: <laughs> it was it was it was really 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 nice to see that. Um, A few months ago, I'm watching um, an episode of The Good Fight, mm-hmm. and my wife and I are watching it. Same same. Damn, that's David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Had no idea that he was going to be in it. But A yes, Hometown Boy. Hometown Boy. And he wrote the plays for us and and we and now we're in COVID right now. We did not do the plays last year and we still haven't decided yet about this year. Oh come on. But, come be- on. Before, they're
0: outside.
1: They're Well, they're they're outside until it rains, and then the sides come down on the panels, and you're inside. And then you're inside when you have to go get your tickets and your food. And and so we're still considering that. But a little place called Adams now used to be Red River. Thousands of people come to Adams, Tennessee in October – to see the Spirit play on the Bell Witch and uh, the Smoke play, the Ballad of the Night Riders, but particularly Spirit. That's, yep. our, that's a big one. Thousands of people come, and their biggest complaint is, how in the world do you find Adams? <coughs> but once they get there, we've had people say, I have watched things on Broadway that's no better than what I watched in Adams, Tennessee. We have people who've come every year for 20 years, We have people from almost every state in the United States. We have people that come from other countries Mm -hmm. to Adams, Tennessee, to see the play.
0: Yeah. I will say it is surprising how good theater is in Robertson County. The Robertson County players, I've seen some just Broadway-level performances from them. Uh, The Smoke and the Spirit plays every year. I don't know who... Who produces those? Is it Sandy? Well,
1: uh, you all communi- have a communi- Y'all have community, you have a uh, community spirit. Yeah. Okay. Board. And that several, several folks are on it and then hire directors and we hire, uh, trained actors. Yeah. 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 And, and some local folks as well, but hire trained actors. And, uh, I know I'm a little prejudiced since I'm a member of that committee and I'm the one to introduce the to play every night uh they are excellent. Yeah. And and who who would guess you could come to a little podunk place like Adams, Tennessee and see something of that quality. Yeah. But you can. Yeah. Out behind the the Bell Schoolhouse. The old Bell Schoolhouse. Yeah.
0: Um there's I think I kinda I wanted to touch on this before we finish up. There's several aspects of this story that really kind of get their hooks into you. And I think that these are part of the reason that the story spread as well as it did, because, like, when we were talking about gossip, you have a little community here that all believes this story, sure. You, in order for that story to get further out, you have to, there has to be a firm foundation of belief, in each of the people that tells it. You know, it can't just be yes. some sort of, oh, this, these kooks over in Robertson County think there's this witch. That's that's not a story that's going to stick, you know? Yes. And this story has all these elements that even as a child, I thought were very strange. Like the fact that the it's, it's the one ghost story that I've heard where the ghost is almost... Uh, human, it's humanized. Like she, she's very benevolent to John Bell's wife. As I said earlier, mm-hmm. she brings her food when she's sick. She takes care of her. Uh, she makes fun of different people in the town. She's like a gossip. She'll tell people's stories. She'll tell people, air people's dirty laundry she is very knowledgeable about the Bible and will sit and have theological discussions with priests, or uh, not priests. They, 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 they were not welcome in Robertson <laughs> County at the time. Preachers, you know, pastors. Preachers, yes. Uh, very human. Yeah. Those it's, are all very human things. There's all these very human qualities to her. And I, do you think that's part of the reason that this, it, it helped it get out?
1: Yes. Ingram was brilliant. Yeah. He he didn't make her just be a supernatural being. He put human elements into the story. I think you're onto something there. And I think we we also have to think about what is in the listener of the story. And this story's been told for generations in Robertson County. Mm-hmm. And th- 3 years ago, I am the guest speaker for the Robertson County Historical Society. And being Bob Bell, Bob's a lineal descendant of John Bell, and we speak together quite often. Yeah, yeah. And so we're the the guest speakers, and and that year the annual meeting was going to be in Adams, Tennessee, at behind the Bell School at the open air pavilion where we do the plays. Yeah. And so Bob speaks, and he tells Bell Witch stories, and then it's my turn, and I get on the stage. And I and I say, now I don't think this story's true. And then then I get I, I start talking about why, boo hiss. why yes, boo is. <laughs> and now we're talking about folks that are members of the Robertson County Historical Society. These are highly intelligent people, good folks. I don't think there's anybody out there that maybe a handful. Other than that, there's nobody out there that would be willing to say, I don't believe yeah. this story is true. And so I say I, I still
0: haven't said it.
1: <laughs> well, you just did. did is, do you think his story's yeah. true? Damn! Now you put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Well, usually when somebody pleads the fifth, it means they're guilty. Sure. Damn.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't believe it's true. Okay. But uh, but I mean, I do. In like a like, it's it's. It, I kind of had this the same impression with religion with the with my the the, faith, the catholic faith that i was brought up with yes i don't think it's not true i don't think that a man came back from the dead but i don't think it's not true if that makes sense it's yeah. something it's something else it's not a it's not something it's not something i would you know come out with a with a microscope and a and a scalpel and try to you know, quantify or analyze in, in scientific terms. It's it's a story. That's the story. I'm good.
1: You know? What we're talking, I think there's a, a link between the Bell Witch story and what you just said about religion. Yeah. Pascal's wager. Pascal was a French uh, philosopher hundreds of years ago. And he said, there's no upside to denying there's God. Mm-hmm. That if uh, you deny there's God and there is one, there's a big downside. Now, if you deny there's God, there's not one, there's no downside. So say there's a God. Yeah. That same concept is true about the bell witch. One of the bell witch ideas is if you ever deny the bell witch, she will get you. Yeah. And by the way, that comes from the Bloody Mary story, which is a lot older than the bell witch story. You look in a mirror. Yeah. You say, "I don't believe in in Bloody Mary," but now it's the Bell Witch for us. She will get you. Yeah. Now back to me being back to me being on stage, and I said that I did not believe in the Bell Witch. As soon as I said that, a squirrel starts running across the rafters, and and by the way, part of the Bell Witch story is that uh, something the Bell Witch would drop things from the rafters of the bell house. Yeah. 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 And so, I've had people go, if things started dropping, we were leaving. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I denied the bell witch. And when you do, she will get you. Yeah. So, in the next week, now, this is true. Yeah. This is true. This ignorant man denied the bell witch in public. In the next week... um, My wife was working in her flowers and got 100 tick bites. Guess whose fault that was? That was my fault, as I said. (laughs) Uh, My daughter, who's a nurse, got a mild case of MRSA. (laughs) That's my fault. And we had tickets to go see Old Crow Medicine Show, who I really like, at the Ryman. And had tickets since my... Uh, daughter and son-in-law were both working. We needed to give our tickets away to Old Crow so that we could stay home, take care of our grandson. That's my fault. Yeah. A, her, her refrigerator stopped working. And it's all in the same week, new refrigerator. My wife was happy about getting a new refrigerator. Oh, that's, a, that's a plus to that. Now, I live on Red River, and I bought the place, my wife and I did, so I could go kayaking. A big tree fell over my road going down to the river, so I've got to cut that tree out so I can get down to the river and go kayaking. And as I'm cutting it out, one of the big limbs falls on my foot, breaks not one toe, but two toes. Hey. Now there's perfectly reason to believe under all those things. My toes got broke because I'm stupid. I wore my boots rather than my steel-toed boots. Mm-hmm. All those other things are rational. No, if you're in Robertson County, those things happen because you denied the Bell Witch. Yep. So 20 and in 2020s, there's still that belief. If you deny it, the Bell Witch, she'll yep. get you. Don't take a rock out of the cave. Uh huh. She will get you. She'll get you.
0: The cave doesn't even have anything to do with it. Yeah. It's just a what? Somebody decided to open up a little spot where you could they could they could charge a quarter.
1: Go back to Ingram. You need a physical setting. Yeah, you need. Was a, the cave in the Ingram book? Uh, the, there's uh, the Whispering Waters is in the Ingram book, and that water Red River. And water coming out of the cave, and uh, the cave would be where people would go. Yeah. So the cave becomes a very major part of the Bell Witch story yeah. as we moved away from, from Ingram.
0: Well, it's the physical location that people go to now, yeah. the the Bell Homestead, which you can kind of find if you—my uh, dad did it back when he was a kid. Yeah. There's uh, You kind of hike off from John Bell's— grave a certain direction a certain amount yeah. and you can find where the home used to be yeah used to be it's gone yeah it's gone but you the, the general area yeah yes but um but that's people don't do that they go
1: to the cave the, the cave became the big thing yeah yes
0: and like you there's a lot of there's element like another connection with religion there's all these elemental aspects of this story you know it's set in red river there's the whispering waters, there's uh, you know the the cave, like the there's all these archetypical aspects to this story that just make it a good story that's gonna stick yes, same as a good religious myth or or like you said, uh, the founding foundation myths of America. yes they there's 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 some stories that just...
1: They're good and they're, they stick. They're good stories, and we've got to want them to be true. Yeah, we've got to want them to be true. And they stick and no storyhead, no supernatural story has stuck longer than the bell Witch story. Well, maybe
0: after your book comes out, yes, it'll'll that'll, that'll be like some uh, some scissors to get the, the gum out of the hair.
1: Maybe I'll have to move to another county. <laughs> you might. You might indeed.
0: Uh, let's plug your book, The Story Heard Around the World, The Bell Witch Legend. You've got a timeline for when it's going to be available?
1: I am meeting with the uh, editor uh, first week in June, and then you got to do rewrites, rewrites. And so I'm hoping by the end of the year.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: It, it's a, you don't just write and nah. and it's out. You got to do rewrites and, and also have to find a publisher that yeah. that we want to use and that would like to do a Bellwitch story. Yeah. And uh, by the way, all the money for this will go to Community Spirit. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So whatever money the book makes. So up in the production value out there uh, goes to behind school, the Bell School. Behind the school, Bell yeah. School. And come see us in Adam sometime. And if you do, I'm the fellow with gray hair standing on the, the stage introducing the, uh, the play and telling you where the bathrooms are.
0: <laughs> well, Rick, thank you so much for coming out. Rick Gregory, story heard around the world. The Bell Witch Legend should be available by the end of the year. So put it on your to-look-for list. Anything else you want to let people know about our local folklore?
1: If you are listening to this, you ever see me, come up to me and say, Hey, I heard your podcast. Let's talk. And I'd be happy to hear what you say. Yeah. He'll talk to you. Yep.
0: Well, thank you. We'll see y'all next week. All right. Take care.